0: What's going on, family? Welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy Jake to the uh coming at you once again with another podcast. I know it's been a while since I dropped one. Well, I got another one for you today. So, today, what we're going to talk about, and I think I may have touched on this a little bit in a previous podcast, is I am going to give you about 29 tips that's going to help you with your music production okay these are 29 tips and once you hear them some of them you may already know some of them you may not but sometimes if you can just get one 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 jewel out of a basket full of rocks it'll pay for itself in the long run so let's go ahead and dive right into it I may break this up in two podcasts I don't know I may get it done in one but we shall see. So number one, and these are in no particular order. And that is if you're a producer. And you use soft sense, you're using samplers. One of the things you should definitely do is choose your samples and your instruments wisely. And the reason is because sound selection is like the single most important quality of a professional mix down you got to pick pick your sounds that work well together don't be afraid to load up a hundred diff- different kick drums into your sample and flick through them until you find one that sticks perfectly in your track and you're going to repeat that same process for as many sounds as possible because a lot of times because if you like me i like i like to use because i can't afford i will use a whole bunch of uh stock instruments and stock sounds And a lot of times when I post a beat, people will say, man, you need to find some better sounds. You need to find some better sounds. And I know this to be true. And I also know that my production is probably suffering because I do not do that. So you really need to take time to pick your sounds wisely. You want to find sounds that are going to fit each other. Like, I'm going to give you a perfect example. You got this beat in your head. You start picking sounds. Next thing you know, all of your sounds are in the low end spectrum. You know what I'm saying? So it sounds like a big bunch of mud. There's no top end. You try to fix it. You can't. You can't figure out what's going on. Well, why try to fix that in a mix or while you're producing when you can just, before you pick a sound, you can go down the line. You can say, okay, I got this bass sound. So now I need to find another sound kind of in the mid-range. Okay, boom, got that sound. Okay, I need something to kind of separate the verses for the chorus. Okay, let me find something that's in the higher range. Boom, I got that sound. Now once you got those sounds, you can build upon that beat with other sounds and whatnot. Let's say you're working with your drums. You say, okay, I got this kick. But this kick, I can't hear it every time the bass line comes in. It's because you picked a kick that is in the same frequency range as the bass line. Or you also run into those situations where it's kind of like, man, this kick ain't hitting, it ain't doing nothing. I can't even feel it. I can I make this, why, why, why is this, this kick, I can't even hear it, hear no punch. Well, it's because the frequency that you chose Is mixing in with other frequencies within the mix. So what you'll want to do. If you like that kick drum. Then you can always layer it. With one that is in a higher range. Moving right along. So number two. Focus on songwriting first and foremost. Now it can be tempting to switch to engineer mode. And obsess over your mix. But you got to remember the average listener is only paying attention to the melody and the vocals. There's no point in getting a perfect mix if your song doesn't drive any emotion to the listener. Spend some time reading, reading up on music theory. It's as simple as that. You don't want to be one of those people where okay, you don't even really like writing music that much. You prefer engineering, but you don't have any artists, you don't have any any artists to work with, so you do your own stuff. So a lot of times in those situations, we can tend to cut ourselves short. And then when the product is done, we don't like it. And we can't figure out why we don't like it. Well, it's because we took the shortcuts in the very beginning. Plus, you got to remember, too, most music is listened, is heard over computers or um, headphones. So nobody really cares. Nobody's listening to no home entertainment system where they're hearing shit cracking they're listening to mp3 files nobody listening to cds where you need this high fidelity recording as long as it's clear and and sounds or mixed appropriately you're okay so don't obsess the obsess over because the only person is going to realize what they're listening to is another engineer and number three and this one is tried and true And this one will pretty much apply to anything that you do, not even just music. And that is the fastest way to improve is to write a ton of music. Now, I know a lot of us, because this is our passion, we can get caught up sitting on YouTube all day watching tutorials and they won't get you where you want to be. It's not to say that they don't help because they certainly do, but you need to put what you learned into them from them into practice and if you have four hours a day of free time I would suggest you spend at least three and a half of those making music and if needed watch a short tutorial on whatever you want to learn but don't spend all of your time because we enjoy that a lot and half the time you're not going to even remember what you watched anyway so if you're like me I'll watch a tutorial then boom I gotta stop and try what I just what I just uh, watched, you got to put it into practice then. Otherwise, you waste the time because you're not going to remember. Then you're going to search for that video again. Probably won't find it. Then you, you need to spend time searching for a video. Whoop, do, whoop, whoop. It just goes on and on and on and on. You got to write music, folks. You're not going to be a basketball player and, and do 10. You're not going to be a professional basketball player and do 10 jump shots a day. You got to stay out there when everybody else is gone. You want to be the best. You got to put in the time. There's no way around it. There's some people out there that are extremely gifted and that's fine. That'll get you to a certain point, but those people are also working hard at what they do. So write music, write music. Nobody's going to hear most of it anyway. I don't care if it's your best song. So just keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. And the better you will eventually get. It's just got it's just like anything. You either got talent or you got skill. So what you lack in talent, you better make up in skill. And skill is a learned is learned from practice. It's as simple as that. So, you know, write tons of music. Now, the fourth on the list is first impressions are important. You got to make sure. That you capture the listener and make them want to listen through to the chorus and the drop. Now, when you're making a song, I come from an era where you send out demo tapes. And one thing that they would always tell you way back then is you better make sure that you grab that A&R's person attention within the first 10 to 15 seconds. Because after that, it's going into the trash. They got a hundred more de- uh, CDs that they got to get through. Well, that they, they really ain't changed much. It's just so much music out there. People don't have to spend that much time giving your music a chance. So you better hit them within the first 10 to 15 minutes or you... Excuse me, first 10 to 15 seconds or you won't make it to 30 seconds. It's as simple as that. And I think that's where a lot of people, including myself, I don't always keep that in the forefront when I'm making music when I really should. And nowadays, I think a lot of times, too, people, artists in general, will rely on the beat to grab the attention. So when you start depending on that beat, so much, and what happens if you can't find a beat? I don't know. It's just you just lose the creativity in a person's attention. I mean, you can't rely strictly on the beat. Although, if you are a producer and you're trying to sell your beat, so let me back up a minute. If you're a producer and you're trying to sell that beat, you better make sure that that first ten to fifteen seconds is 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 where it is. Because nobody really even need to listen to a beat no longer than that to even decide if they like it. I know when I'm scrolling through YouTube listening at beats, man, I'm going to listen my 10, 15 seconds. And that's the bad thing about having a beat channel on YouTube. Because your um, your engagement is going to be really short. Maybe like 30 seconds and you wonder why, man, I had 100 and whatever videos in my engagement is just 30 seconds well it's not necessarily that your music gets stressed that's just the amount of time that people are going to give to it it's as simple as that moving right along and really i think this next next one i mean this is i say this on my youtube channel look it up by the way j to the r j t u d a r if you want them tutorials if you want to listen to some music some beats Go there. Look up J-T-U-D-A-R. But anyway, this next one is I truly believe in, especially for somebody like me, who I'm not really, I don't have any aspirations of trying to make a living at this. I really just do it because I like doing it. I'm doing this podcast because I just like doing it. I mean, I only have so much free time. So, that that i do have i'm going to spend it doing something i want to do and that is it's important to have fun you learn the most when you are in a creative flow and enjoying yourself now some days you're not going to feel inspired or maybe frustrated with your music use these moments to focus on other aspects of your music production Like sound design, learning music theory, remaking songs you like, or organizing your sample library. I mean, you got to do something. Because if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? Because here's the thing. And I tell my son this, who is trying to be a rapper. He liked going in the studio to record, because that's the fun part. But when I ask him about his promoting, how long did you sit in front of that computer today, sending out? replying to comments, making connections, you ain't never got an answer because that's not the fun part. So it's important to have fun at the entire process. You just, because making music is not just sitting in front of a MIDI controller or a drum machine, it's the whole process. So you got to, um, you know, find something that you enjoy in each of it because if you just focus on making the music it'll never go no farther than your hard drive okay so you got to have fun you got to have fun with the whole process with just the whole culture just everything about it just it just got to be fun to you because it's gonna be times stuff you know you may feel uninspired so you don't want to get yourself down go move to something else it's, it's so much you can do. Now, the next one is save referencing for the final stages. And what I mean by this is send out to write a song that sounds like another artist would put you in a creative block where you are constantly judging all of your creative decision. Nine out of ten times, it just ends up in frustration. I prefer to use reference tracks once. I've made a main idea to my track down. You know what I'm saying? So, like I did a video on YouTube where I went over trying to do a I I was in the mood to try an Afro beat. So, first thing I did was I went to YouTube, I listened to Afrobeat. Listened to it that one time. I, I got the sounds down that I needed, I got the drum p- patterns that I needed to uh, try to figure out what is common in that particular genre. And I did the beat after the beat was over. I went back to that same song on YouTube, and I uh, and I listened at to see if I was close, and I was pretty close. Different, yes, but close, yes, to enough where, if you heard the beat, you you would know what I was trying to do. (laughs) It's as simple as that. But anyway, if I would have just sat there and listened, do a drum listen able to add it on another hour or two and the track would have been no better than what it already was you know what i'm saying so save all the referencing for later you don't want to spend too much time doing that. okay so then this next tip i definitely believe in and that is to try using saturation in place of limiters now they both limit peaks and reduce dynamic range But saturators add a nice, warm character to the sound. It's easy to overdo it. As a general rule, I like to push the saturator to a point to where it audibly distorts the sound. And then just back off a few dBs. And remember to listen to the result and determine if you even like it in the first place. If not, maybe you need a more transparent limiter. You know, you got to use whatever is appropriate in your situation. The reason why I like doing it, like if I was doing, say, a... What is this in my foot? If I was doing, say, like a boom-bap type of old-school hip-hop type beat, I'm going to use that saturator. Why? Because I want that warm character to the sound. I want it to sound like it was made in that era, not something that's like it was made yesterday. So, uh, yeah, just try that out. Use a saturator. See see if it helps your mix. Plus, a lot of times we can get stuck in a... In the same old rut to where we're using the same the same uh, plugins in the same order with the same preset sometimes it's just best to step outside the box and try something different now the next one I got for you is to EQ for distance now if you want to place an element at the back of your mix it not only needs to be quieter than the upfront sounds it also needs to have less topping this, to, this is to emulate the way air absorbs high frequency use a high shift EQ to take some of that high end out because you want to put it like this look at it like this if you had a concert you're at the front you're standing right by the speaker the highs are deafening they are so loud it is absolutely ridiculous now move back about 20 feet they're not deafening the whole thing sounds better so the whole point of me saying this is, if you have a sound that you want intentionally to sit back in the mix, you have to look at it like that. You gotta look at it like a movie. Like if I was listening to this in real life, how how would this, how would this be? I'll give you a perfect example: drums. <clears throat> okay, you know a drum set has. If you're trying to do like, especially like a like, well, I kind of do it on any drums, but if you have like a real you know you're using a VST playing drums and you want it to sound realistic you gotta play with the volumes and the EQ to make it seem like the snare is where it is if it was a dream if it was a real kit you want that crash to seem like it's where it's at distance wise and volume and crisp crispiness wise if it was a real kit these are just the real little details that a lot of people don't do but then if you listen to a song like man that sound good how he did that yeah that's right i said how he did that <laughs> this is some of the techniques that they often will use that you may not even realize this is what's going on number 10 now you can generally compress the living shit out of background sounds like pads uh, ambiences backing vocals and etc you don't need the dynamic range of big transients that that will create and it'll create more headroom in your mix so go ahead and squash those because they don't have they don't have all them harsh peaks anyway so you may as well squash them a little bit make them sit nice and fat And smooth out You don't have to worry about it What I like to do Is I'll set up When it comes to like Backing vocals Or really Vocals in general To make them sit better in the mix What I like to do is Duplicate the track I'll duplicate the track And on one track It'll be EQ differently And it'll be squashed Like crazy Whereas the other one which will be the main one. It'll be you know your normal type EQ. And your normal type compression. But the other one will be all of the dramatic stuff. And I'll crank that volume down. Just to enough to where I feel like. It's making the overall vocal stand out. But I don't necessarily. Want that person. The average listener to hear what I've done. I just want them to know. By the way that it feels. That it just sounds. More sting I don't know it's kind of hard to explain but you know you those I think a lot of people kind of know what I'm talking about when I say that so we've been giving I've I've been giving y'all some tips for about 20 minutes now in the beginning I said I may break it up into two I think I'm going to break it up into two I don't like dragging these out too long and I know people fall asleep after a while listening to me talk a whole bunch but anyway i appreciate you listening go check out my youtube channel subscribe to it you get to see me you get to see me doing some tutorial making beats myself having a good time doing what i do anyway this is your boy Jake to the all thank you once again for tuning in to making music with Jake to the all i'm out peace